literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It's good to have you back. I'm going to introduce you first this time. All right. Michael Barnes. I am Michael Barnes. And, this, <laughs> and you are J.B. Hager. <laughs> yeah. We're with the Austin American Statesman. This is Austin Found, a collection of, of you know short, shareable, conversational stories about unique things about this city that Michael's been collecting for how long? Oh, decades. <laughs> yeah. Decades and decades. And has put them into a collection of books called Indelible Austin, which you should pick up by the way. I think you could easily say this is one of Austin's early fine dining restaurants and destinations. Absolutely. And that's Uh, Green Pastures. Green Pastures, which sounds beautiful and it is beautiful. It's located in a 1890s farmhouse on a a fair chunk of land in South Austin in the Bolden neighborhood, surrounded by beautiful mature oaks and peacocks. Yes. Sometimes controversial <laughs> right. peacocks. I just saw them the other day. I, I came down the, that street on my bike and I you know, looked to it and there, yeah, there was the peacocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're loud too. And they're loud. But they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. So let's preserve them. It's interesting when you talk about, well, I'm going to jump around a little bit. It is now referred to as Maddie's, if you're looking at The restaurant there is called Maddie's. And that is homage to... uh, Maddie Falk, who was the wife of of Henry Falk, a crusading lawyer, who wanted to move out there because he wanted more cows. (laughs) And because this was, when when it was built, it was very much country, uh, uh, more than two miles from, from downtown. And then even in the 1940s, it was still pretty rural out there and uh, is uh, outside the city limits. I guess we haven't, if people are new to Austin, we haven't really painted a picture of exactly where it sits. Right. It's on Live Oak Street Mm -hmm. uh, in between um, South First and the railroad tracks. (laughs) So on today's standards, that's very close to downtown, which is what's funny. It's definitely Central City now. But it was a beautiful piece of land, lots of trees out there, and they ran a chicken farm and a dairy. The original owner was a a physician named Dr. Herndon. He built it in 1893, and then the Fox bought it from him. And as I said, Henry Fox was was a son of a sharecropper, uh, Alabama sharecropper, and he became a lawyer, and he was very much somebody who took care of the indigent uh, a lot of times the African Americans in the city especially were were hauled into jail for whatever reason and he he would go to the jail and say we're going to take care of this. It's nice to hear stories like that given the climate today right. in the summer of Absolutely. 2020, right? And his son, their son, Maddie and Henry's son was John Henry Falk, the famed comedian and first amendment uh champion who was on Hee Haw. <laughs> was he on Hee Haw? He was on Hee Haw. And really? very progressive. He fought against the Hollywood blacklisting code mm. and won in court. Oh, he, wow. He, it was a, a signature case. They had a daughter. They had several children. They had a daughter, Mary Falk Cook, K 
K-O-O-C-K, and she was the one who started the Green Pastures Restaurant. In 1946. That's right. Or at least that's when they began having people there, when they began charging them. I don't know, but it was all the same meals, the same dishes that she had been cooking up there for, for guests for a long time. And, and when I was growing up in Austin, uh, now it seems more like an event space or right. you go there for just to have cocktails. And as I was growing up, that was a very special occasion place to go for dinner. That was a big prom destination. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, for many years, she sold it to her son, Ken a cook, and he brought in a business partner, and it was the fancy place to go. It was a, a little bit stiff and formal for Austin, although nothing in Austin gets that formal. Right. And but it was the kind of thing you want to put on a jacket. And, yeah. And there were there was linen everywhere and flowers everywhere, and the food was good, as you say, derived from the South and Southern uh, foodways. Now, the, the the people who took it over, Greg Porter and Jeff Trigger, redid everything, made it both more historical with portraits and things named after they members really, of the family. They, they, they want to preserve the history oh, of absolutely. how it got there, all the Green Pastures history. Oh, and they have drilled their... <laughs> Their waiters, you know, they know everything about the families who live there. Right. You see a portrait on the wall. You ask the bartender. He's going to give you the story. And and they have they brought back certain things like the Hmm. biscuits that that the uh, were at Green Pastures. They've brought back drinks. Because Maddie did some cookbooks. No, it was Mary. It was Mary, the daughter. The daughter. Did cookbooks, preserving some of those old recipes. Absolutely. And that's a fantastic cookbook called Texas Cookbook. And I use it all the time. There's another book that came out of the place. The longtime Mater D. Mitchell Mays wrote Stories and Tales of Green Pastures. And that was excerpted in Austin chef Tony Tipton Martin's book, award-winning book, The Jemima Code, Two Centuries of African-American Cookbooks. On the subject of African-Americans, I think what's interesting about, let's paint a picture of when this property went up. St. Ed's was there before it, and, oh, in the School for the Deaf. Mm -hmm. Not a whole lot else. Very few residents. And portions of that was another Freedmen's Colony. It was, it's been called Brackenridge or South Austin. And it was on the western side of, of South Congress it, it, in what is called the Swisher edition, which was uh, named after one of the founding families uh, uh, who owned a big farm down there in, in Bolden. Bolden itself was named after the landowner whose plantation house is where Becker School is now. It's got a, a lot of rich history, but... But as you were suggesting, it was not, uh, there was very little density. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there were poor people living along the creeks, which, you know, they could do. They could homestead there. There were maybe uh, no more than 10 uh, substantial structures in in what what is now Bolden. And Green Pastures became one of those, um, perhaps the most famous. And then uh, you know, Tom Miller, who we've discussed, former mayor, mm-hmm. some time ago, declared Maddie as the <laughs> first lady of South Austin it's, at that time. It's a big title. <laughs> and uh, also coming out of, of that family, Karen Kirkendall, who was married, Manchester's daughter, 
the cooks came from Mason. They had a wonderful uh, uh, store and eating establishment there, and they were known for for feeding you even if you didn't have money at right away. You know, they were one of those wonderful pioneer families. They would get from your story. They would give away a lot of the milk that they produced yeah. there. Yeah, I and mean, John Henry Falk, when he was growing up, he had his own cow. He would milk it and take it yeah. to the the poor people down on the creeks. And you mentioned Karen Cookendall, who was an uh, an actor and a singer. Now, I got to know Karen uh, almost immediately as soon as I became the theater critic in the 1980s because she was the brightest star in our theatrical firmament here. She was an incredibly striking woman who had this wonderful, strange, deep voice, and she could do anything. She uh, was very outspoken, and... She was a, a pal of Governor Ann Richards and all that crowd, you know, Liz mm. Carpenter and so forth. And uh, she could hold her own with any of them. And she wisecracking. But she, yeah, she met her husband, Marshall. Marshall's still alive. But she grew uh, up in that house, correct? Yes. Yeah. She grew up, as did dozens <laughs> A lot of people. of people. At one time you mentioned there were 17 people. Family living members in living home. in the house. Yeah, it's a pretty big house. Um, and there's a back house, which we'll get to next. Yeah. Well, the back house was the original house. Everybody thought it was an add-on, mm. but it was actually, they discovered in the process of renovating it, and top preservation architect Emily Little did all of the, the work on it. They found out that that it predates all the section that you normally see when you drive in, you know, with the porches and stuff like that. Yeah, you see it on the way out because there's a back way out. Oh, there is. <laughs> Which is odd. Yeah. It's it's odd that you're in a neighborhood and then you go, you go around and sometimes like, uh, can I go out that way? <laughs> and you go right, right out the back. And that back home, the original, you've mentioned, had 10 fireplaces in it. I, I, at one point, I think the whole thing did. I don't know when that was. But uh, one of the things about going out the back entrance is that painted on the staircase on each step with different words be kind to those you pass on the way up as you may meet them on your way down ah uh, what a great philosophy of life <laughs> right that's very good that's very very good you know if you think about it in, in today's uh, austin boom a big chunk of dirt like that in that area would be worth a fortune now mm-hmm. i am I'm guessing it's it's a it's historical. Protected. It's protected. Yeah, they, they used to have much much more land, and you can tell when they began to sell it off. Okay, <laughs> but it was a big. You can tell by wandering around that neighborhood uh, when they started selling off the land. But it's still a big chunk of property. Oh, I think it's only fair to mention because w- another operator at one time from '95 to 2015. Bob Buslett was involved, mm-hmm. and we've made mention of Nighthawk Restaurant many right. times. He had come from the Nighthawk chain, and he was a bartender there, and he shared wonderful memories. Yeah, the Nighthawk chain, uh, interestingly, they both were among the early integrators. Uh, the, to, the They were among the first to desegregate not only their kitchens, but their dining areas. And so it was Green Pastures. Green Pastures early. may be the earliest. Oh, wow. And... Um, and then the Nighthawk chain, certainly after them in the late 50s. At a certain time, they were part of like a progressive faction in Austin that believed all that could be done 
if you just persuaded people to do it and you didn't necessarily need to change the laws. And then they realized, no, we need to change the laws. We're not going to get around to those. And those current operators, which, you know, they they rebranded it as Maddie's not that long ago. We might also know them from what other projects? Oh, lots of things. The Driscoll Hotel, um, the the restaurant there, and also uh, Second Street. Mm-hmm. And what was the one behind Second Street? Oh, Congress. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. great. Now, talk about a special event place. Yeah. You could only afford to go there maybe once every two years. Right. I'm sure other people with expense accounts went all the time. I love that place. And it just did not... It couldn't sustain itself. They were, they're connected. The second bar and kitchen and Congress were mm-hmm. connected restaurants. Yeah. And uh, the same kitchen. But the Congress concept, which reminded me so much of great restaurants in Chicago or San Francisco, it just wouldn't, it didn't make it. I mentioned that it feels like South, which Austin doesn't have a lot of that vibe to me when I'm, I'm thinking like way Southeast, you know, Georgia, you know. There, it ha- they you can even get like a real southern drink there too, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. If you were going to duck in for a cocktail, it might be you might get a mint julep. You <laughs> might get a mint julep. Uh, oh. So go check that out. That's that's now currently Maddie's. Yes. Thanks for tuning into the Austin Found podcast. You can also read about Maddie's and Green Pastures in particular in Volume Two of Indelible Austin, and pick up all the volumes while you're at it. I'm Michael Barnes. And I'm J.B. Hager. Thanks for tuning in to Austin Found.